think with me about the power of stories. Movies, television, songs, books, magazines, newspapers, if there is still such a thing, now maybe social media, and the list goes on. These media all make a living, so to speak, on the power of stories. Right now, our staff is reading a book called Story Brand. It's helping us to think about how we present our story here at Christ the Redeemer. And among all of its very good ideas, one sentence in particular has profoundly impacted me. The author writes this. He says, no one, nobody can turn away from a good story. We're experiencing one at the movies right now. I haven't seen it myself, so no spoilers, please. But evidently, the Avengers Endgame is smashing records at the box office. It's already the second highest grossing movie behind Avatar. Indeed, stories inspire us to create. Stories compel us to dream. Stories draw us in, and they invite us to become part of the narrative. They can motivate us. They can encourage us. They can challenge us. Stories can change us. They can transform us. The, the gospel is a story. The gospel is talked about as a good story, good news. The gospel is the greatest story ever told in all of human history. It's a story for men, for women, and for children. It's about love and relationship. It's about conquest and conquer. It's about a God who passionately pursues you and me with a fierce and fiery love for us. It's about a God who defeats and destroys the power of sin and death in our lives. And last week, we read one of its most compelling chapters. You remember the man, the man known as Saul, that itinerant preacher from a place called Tarsus, this man, Saul, he burned with zeal for God. Saul had a story to tell, and Saul was convinced that he was right. Saul's story could be summed up into one simple sentence. Four little words was Saul's story. Jesus is not Lord. That was Saul's story. Jesus is not Lord. In fact, Saul was so convinced about his story, he was so convinced that Jesus was not Lord that he went on mission to tell others about it. And that alone is an interesting observation because the Israelites, the Jews at that time, they were not known for their missionary or evangelistic, if you will, zeal. They were more insular. They were more isolationist. They were these people, and they lived in this land. Yes, Saul traveled from Jerusalem to Damascus, a distance of about 150 miles away, just to have Christians arrested, to have them bound, and to have them brought back to Jerusalem and thrown in jail. In fact, Saul even stood at the approval of the stoning of one Christian named Stephen. Moreover, Saul even obtained the authority of the Jewish high priest to go on this mission, so to speak. The very men who crucified Christ now commissioned Saul to spread this message. 
Go and tell the people that Jesus is not Lord. Silence all of the Christians who oppose you. And my friends, all of this is it's laid bare for us in Acts chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9. It is written down in the archives of human history. It's there for all of us to see and to study for ourselves. But this morning, this morning we find ourselves just four chapters later, Acts chapter 13. Saul has now taken the name of Paul, and now he's telling a different story. No, He's not just telling a different story. He's telling exactly the opposite story. The story that these Christians were telling. What's that story? Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Now, Saul become Paul. Has, he's literally set sail on this new mission. Not just 150 miles, but 1,500 miles over and over and over again. The Bible says from Paphos to Perga to Pamphylia and eventually all around the Greek islands. Now, Paul is not going after Christians. He's making them. He's making them. Jesus is Lord. So let's not miss a very powerful point that we're experiencing here in Acts chapter 13. Can you imagine? Can you imagine standing up before a very large and powerful group of people who once supported you? Can you imagine standing up before a very large and powerful group of people who you once supported? And now you're telling them that you were wrong. You were wrong. Jesus is not Lord, Jesus is Lord. And now you're telling them by extension that they are wrong when they say Jesus is not Lord because now Paul is telling them that Jesus is Lord. If you're going to do that, you better have a very powerful story to back you up, right? Now you can't look away from a good story, can you? Saul was on the road to Damascus. Saul Saul, why are you persecuting me? The story goes. And Saul replied, the question of the ages, he said, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? You see, when Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords and the Savior of the world, he literally knocked Saul off of his high horse, Saul fell to the ground, and he faced his own crisis of conscience And he becomes for us perhaps the greatest witness to the greatest story ever told. Jesus is Lord. My brothers and sisters, I want to declare to you this morning that we have a gospel to preach. There are millions and millions of people all around us. Each and every day they're asking the very same question that Saul asked. Who are you, Lord? Because I'm in in real trouble right now. And if you're out there, I need to know that you can help me because I am really struggling. Maybe we can identify with some of these things. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I feel all alone out here in this great big world. I'm worried. I'm afraid. My marriage is on the rocks. I'm addicted. I'm wearing a mask, and I know that I'm pretending. And my friends, the answer is a resounding yes. 
that Jesus is an ever-present help to us in time of trouble. That's exactly why we're preaching this sermon series beginning in Easter, that when we examine the facts of human history, we find faith in Jesus Christ. And then the next week, we're able to cry out with Thomas who doubts, my Lord and my God, and we find that he is the God to believe in. Then we see, as Mark beautifully preached last week, that 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 gives us a home of brothers and sisters. Not a perfect home, but a home that is striving to be perfected in Christ. Being filled by God with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, as we say. And if Paul could speak to us this morning... And if he could give us today, 2,000 years later, a word of encouragement, something to spur us on to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, it might sound something like this from Romans chapter 10. Paul declares, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not some, not a few, but everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he goes on. But how can they call upon him in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how can they hear unless someone is sent to preach? And he concludes with this. How beautiful are the feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who come declaring the good news of the gospel. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about your feet this morning? If you know me, it's an awkward question to ask. If you know me, I'm not one who fancies feet. (laughs) But do you remember the story of the Last Supper? How Jesus, after he had given the bread, and after he had given the wine, he stood up from the table, the Bible says, He took off his outer garments and and he wrapped a towel around his waist. We commemorate this every Maundy Thursday, do we not? And he stooped down like a bondservant. Because a bondservant were the only people who would do this. And he washed their feet. And Peter, being Peter, stood up and did exactly what you would expect Peter to do. He said, don't wash my feet. But then when he got it, But then when he got it, he said, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands. And not just my hands, but my head. And in that, we get the image of the waters of baptism flowing down over us. Lord, not just some of me, but all of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Fill me. Flood me. Overflow me with your goodness and your grace and your glory. That's what Peter was after. Not If you're going to wash me, Lord, not just some of me then wash all of me. Jesus came to be for us a servant. And that's what we get to be for the world in Jesus' name, is a servant. It raises another question. How often are we like Peter? Jesus wants to come and to wash us clean, especially the dirtiest parts of us. And when we see him coming, how often do we cry out, Lord, you can't touch that part of me. You can't have that part of me. But maybe this morning we can also be like Peter. And when we see who Jesus really is, 
and we find ourselves desiring what Jesus really has in mind for him, we can also say, then, Lord, all of me. If you're going to wash me, then wash all of me. My brothers and sisters, how do your feet look this morning? You see, God wants to build a story in you, in me, in us, right here at Christ the Redeemer in Southwest Fort Worth. And he wants us to tell the whole world about the good news of the gospel. Because, you see, the last thing about a good story is this. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't. When you hear a good story, you got to tell it. Let me give you an example. Father Mark loves to tell about Texas A&M University. A couple of Sundays ago, he even compared my priestly ministry to being like a yell leader at Texas A&M University. Now, I haven't figured out how to get him back for that, but maybe I, maybe I just did. Maybe I just did. How much more? How much more with the goodness and the grace and the glory of God in Christ Jesus. He is not against us. He is for us. He did not come to condemn us, but to save us. Christ is risen from the dead. Trampling down death by death is our Easter declaration. So my friends, I want to give you permission this morning. It's okay for us to share our struggles. That's what it means in part to be human, is to share our struggles, our burdens with one another. Because we're not meant to live alone in anxiety and depression and fear. The Bible says perfect love, it casts out fear. And when we share the struggles, share the victories. Bear witness that it is God in Christ Jesus who has given us the victory. Because Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So, again, what do you think about your feet this morning? Let me tell you what Jesus thinks about your feet. He thinks they're beautiful. He thinks they're beautiful. We have a story to tell. It is the greatest story ever told. And it has the power to change this world.